I, is going to come now. And Larry, it's just amazing. God has blessed you in so many different ways. I want to steal the thunder. You can share some of that. But thank you for who you are. Now, you've kind of been the New Year's guy sharing the message, and I haven't been here. And so I'm here today, and I get to experience it. And I really think what you're going to be sharing is a kickstarter. You know, on a baseball lineup, the, the lead, you know, the, the, the batter, the first batter is kind of the lead head off. And so we're not expecting a home run, so don't feel like you have to put all that pressure on you. But you're you're setting us up, really, for the new year, and what I really sense God has for you today. So thank that. you for your yeah. your uh, generosity today and sharing with us. Thanks, bless Dan. you, brother. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. God bless you. And let me add my greetings and uh, happy new year to that of others, whether you're online or whether you're here in the room. Uh, it's so good to be able to speak to us once again and uh, bring something from the Word of God. I. Uh, I really appreciate being the leadoff hitter in the, in the new year. It does give me a chance to say something that will hopefully set some foundations for the year, and I really believe that uh, what God has given me for today will help us to do that. I hate these things. I wish I didn't have them, but, you know, I, I turned 30 this week, and uh, <laughs> things change. They change. Actually, the last time that I spoke was September the 5th. It was just a few months ago. And I was wrapping up the Teams series on the Promised Land. And in that message, I was talking about the challenges and hardships and sufferings of life and staying on the journey with Christ. And it was interesting to me that as I prayed about and sought uh, the Lord for a passage and a, and a message for to this morning, that he led me to one that turned out to be sort of an extension, a continuation of that earlier theme. As I spoke to you on September the 5th about suffering, I had no idea that within less than a month, I'd end up in a hospital ICU with COVID pneumonia. And uh, I didn't see it coming, coming obviously, and uh, uh, I, I wish I had time to share with you in much more detail about that experience and the peace of God that prevailed in that room. Uh, but I, I, I say this this morning, that I, and I've said this to many people, that I, I, I was actually... So uh, we got to the point where after six, two weeks of sickness, I was, we, we headed for the emergency room actually because my blood oxygen was so low that I was really weak and my breathing was difficult. And I had actually stopped for a break between the car and the emergency room door. And so we went in that night and, and uh, it took a few hours, but they ran tests, they ran uh, x-rays, they did scans. And as we waited, we, uh, finally the doctor came back in and he, he put the, everything on the board and he said, this is what a healthy lung and chest looks like and this is yours. And it was awful. It was just, I was shocked. And uh, we talked on and we knew that, you know, I, when I went in, I, I ignorantly thought, well, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll prescribe something, I'll be on the way home and I'll just, I'll, I'll recover there. Turned out quite differently. And uh, the last thing I wanted to do was end up in an ICU and uh, but yet we knew that that's what had to happen and Diane admitted later she said you know when she left me she wondered if that was the last time she'd be with me when I was alive and it, so it was kind of a scary experience in a sense um, and a lot more to share about that but but uh, I've told people that I I really believe that because of the good the, the care of a good team that I had there in Mount, uh, Mount uh, Vernon at the Skagit Hospital. The good team that I had, but also the prayers of people, and some of you were praying for me, 
uh, people all over the United States and Canada praying for me. I really believe that those prayers, through those prayers, God blessed and expedited the healing process. Because after just one week, I was able to go home. Now, there was a recovery process, getting strength back and all that. But, but one week, and, and it was, my lungs were a mess. And so we really thank God and thank you and thank others for the prayers. And, and uh, you know, it's just one of those things you, you, you don't think will happen to you, and it does. <clears throat> and life is full of those, isn't it? Life is full of those moments and those, uh, those incidents when we suffer, we go through things that we experience. And today's message, I, I think, reinforces what I spoke about back in September. But I, I hope it will also be something of a bridge into this series next week that Dan's beginning uh, on prayer, and I'm so glad that he is. Because today's message is based on uh, a passage in Colossians that was a prayer of Paul, and I hope will launch us well into 2022. Because I believe that many of us may be experiencing a spectrum of emotions as we enter this new year, um, a wide variety of concerns on our hearts and minds, Maybe just even sort of gasping for breath because of all that's been going on the last couple of years. But I want us to set a foundation for the year ahead and be renewed as we move into this new year, still carrying some of those same struggles and concerns that we had last year, still, you know, fighting to remain hopeful, still with some unanswered prayers and needs, still recognizing the realities of life, but also recognizing the, the presence and the promises of God to lead us into a new year and a new season. With all of that still part of our lives, I want us to start fresh this new year, not with resolutions that will break, but with a greater determination to live fully seeking Christ no matter what happens. And if we'll do that, friends, I, we'll be okay. I really believe that. We'll be okay. I wonder how you would complete this sentence I want this year to be the year of blank I think we could fill that in in a lot of ways but you know what I'm as I thought about that I want this to be the year of the kingdom I want this year for the kingdom of God to break forth in fresh and 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 powerful ways in my life and in my family and in this church, I want the year of the kingdom. And in Colossians chapter 1, verse, verses 3 to 5, Paul is commending and affirming the, <clears throat> the people in that church because of their love and their faith and their hope and the way that they've been living in connection with each other and with God and they've been living out the gospel, which he says, by the way, in verse uh, 6, he says, the gospel that is all over the world is bearing fruit and growing just as it's been doing among you since the day you heard it. For me, entering into 2022, I want to pick up on what Paul was talking about in those first few verses, and I want to say that there are a couple of things that I'm thankful for, more than a couple, but the couple that I want to name this morning. And one of them is I'm thankful for you. Because of your faith and your prayers and your help and your encouragement to me, you have encouraged me in these last several years. You have helped me and Diane as we've been a part of this church, and hopefully we've been some help to you as well. But I also want to <clears throat> thank, be thankful 
that the kingdom of God is growing. We don't always see that. We get focused on other things. And, but the kingdom of God is growing in our lives. The kingdom of God is growing in this area and in this region. It's growing around the world. And people are experiencing more of God. People are coming to, to Jesus. The kingdom of God is growing and we get to be part of that. How wonderful. If I had a main thought for you this morning, it would be this. How you grow in 2022 will determine how you go through 2022. How you grow in 2022 will determine how you go through 2022. This will be the year of the kingdom if we can lean hard into the connection with each other and with God and with what God is doing. Dan spoke to us just a few weeks ago in December about this, about connecting with each other and connecting with God. Think what an amazing year this could be. Wouldn't you love to get to the end of this year and be able to look back and recall miracle after miracle and situation after situation where God intervened in your life and your family and in, in other people's lives? Wouldn't that be exciting? And it can happen. And I, I hope that's your desire and your direction because it's also mine. We talk uh, a lot, we've talked a lot recently here about belonging and believing. And as we launch into this too I, uh, and, and connecting with each other, I want to say something that's obvious to those of you who, uh, who are, th this is church home, but for those of you who may be newer, who, who maybe are even just kind of still trying to figure out the things about Jesus and what, it, what he means to you, I want to say this to you, that you are among people here now listen to me, who aren't perfect. <laughs> Amen? Well, that wasn't as strong as I'd hoped for, but... <laughs> We're not, but we love Christ, and we love each other. And, you know, you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have all the answers in order to join us on this journey. And I also want to remind us that one of the most powerful and practical things and helpful things that we can do for one another is to pray for each other. And that's why I'm excited about Dan's upcoming series. Paul was thankful for these people and, and how they were joining into what God was doing. And he could only spend a minimal time with them, but one thing he knew that he could do for them regularly was to pray for them. And so Colossians uh, 1 moves into this prayer, of uh, description of a prayer of Paul for the Colossians that I want to be a prayer for for myself, I want this to be a prayer for you. I, I, I want this to be a prayer for our church and our family as we move into this year ahead because I really believe it's what's needed and what will happen if we track with God in 2022. In uh, Colossians chapter uh, 1 and verses 9 to 13 is where I especially want to focus. He, he really, we see this prayer, we see some results, and we see the guarantee, and I want to begin with this, this prayer in verse 9. He says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you uh, with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding, filling you with the knowledge of his will and with spiritual uh, wisdom and understanding now why is that such an important prayer for the Colossians as it is for us as well because if we aren't growing we're stagnating even dying 
and we're vulnerable. If we're not growing, we're unprepared for what's, uh, what's to come because what we do know isn't staying fresh and vibrant in our life, and what we don't know makes us vulnerable to anything that the world or the devil throws at us. If we aren't growing in the knowledge of God and His will, and in spiritual wisdom and understanding, it's going to be hard to keep tracking with God and to stay on track with God and faithful to Jesus in 2022. Uh, in September, when I, when I spoke, I, I, I gave a story of, and, uh, about the days before the miracle of telephone GPSs and how we got lost on occasion. And I, I shared the story about my wife and how I was, we, were coming, we, we were on a journey as a family because I traveled a lot in those days for a Christian organization. And, and uh, we were coming back from, I think it was Indiana, back to Minneapolis. We were driving through the night and, and uh, I turned it over to Diane and I, I went to sleep and I woke up in Milwaukee. And uh, along the way, she'd killed a skunk. Now, if you want to know more about that story, go back to September 5th and, uh, and he hear the message. But, but uh, I said at that time I would share something on myself uh, sometime because, in fairness to her because I've done the same thing. And uh, I, I, what came to mind was the uh, time that we were, the kids were still small, preschool, and we had taken them on the journey uh, because, again, I was on the road up to 200 days a year, so we, we took the opportunity. To, and I was touring Saskatchewan, and I was meeting with pastors around the province of Saskatchewan in Canada. And uh, we were in a place called Moosejaw. There's a map up there, which might give you a little bit of, a, of an idea. But uh, we were in a place called Moosejaw, Saskatchewan. What a name. What, what, were, they, what were they thinking? I... But we, the next day I had to be meeting with pastors in Swift Current, Saskatchewan, which was to the west and a bit to the south. And uh, so I got, we got up that morning, packed up, I paid the bill, I said to the person at the, at the desk, how do I get the Swift Current? They said to follow the highway, watch for the signs, you'll be there in about three, three and a half hours. Well, about three, three and a half hours later, we saw a sign and it said, welcome to Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan. We were north we were west and north a good distance i had somehow missed the the signs and we knew we were in trouble because the kids had already long been asking the question are we there yet <laughs> because they were excited we, we'd made reservations at a hotel where that had an indoor pool and and had a, a water slide and they were excited to get there and and we knew we were in trouble so we did what any good parent would do we stopped at a quickie mart, we bought a ton of candy, and we bribed our children. <laughs> I said, here's the deal. You eat this, you enjoy this, and don't ask that question, and we'll get there in a bit here. We'll, we'll get there. And so, every, you know, we're, we're, we're backtracking now, hours, you know, and, and every once in a while, one of those little angels would start to bring up the question, and I'd say, ah, 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 you remember our deal, you know. And uh, we eventually got there, and they got to swim, and I got to meet with the pastors, and everything worked out okay. But I took our family on this unfortunate detour because I, I wasn't paying attention to what I should have been. And that word, as I thought about this message, that word detours stuck in my mind. I think it's a good one for us to keep in mind this morning. In 2022, will your life be on track and stay on track with, what, with God's will so that you're developing more and more spiritual wisdom and understanding 
and experiencing more and more of Christ and his kingdom? Or will you be characterized by distractions and detours? I pray not. And uh, may you just avoid things that become detours to God's will in your life this year. Now, sometimes detours are part of God's will. Sometimes God takes us directions we're not expecting or we, we, we hadn't even thought about. Uh, and that's all part of his will and getting us where he wants us to go. And he uses all of that in, in developing us and, and leading us into his will. But sometimes we can act on our own without God and the choices we make detour us from his will. Sometimes we might allow people or goals or personal desires to take root in our lives that uh, eventually derail and detour us from the will of God. Maybe you feel like you've been spinning your wheels a bit in your life, and maybe you even feel like you've taken some steps backward, and you can't figure out why. You thought you'd be further along now spiritually or, or, or otherwise, and you're trying to figure that out. Could it be that you've allowed yourself to take some detours from your pursuit of God and what was intended by you at first to just be a temporary off-ramp has become a way of life? Maybe this morning there are some of us who need to name our detours and confess them and get back on track with God. You know, one of the main reasons that Paul wrote Colossians was to deal with the the, what was going on in the church and they were allowing teachers to come in and teach heresies and errors and, and uh, this, uh, this thing we call syncretism this blending of, of secular thought of the society around them with Christian truth and they were being detoured and so Paul was dealing with that in, in this book and I'm thankful that we don't have heretics teaching in our church in fact we've got some great teachers in our church uh, but you know sometimes in the church not this church I'm saying but in the church universal we can be guilty of letting the world press us into their mold or infiltrate our thinking so that instead of growing in our knowledge of God and his will and in spiritual wisdom and understanding we give way to things like fear of the future or materialism or moral relativism, or apathy, or maybe defeatism, or laziness towards spiritual disciplines, and, and the list could grow. You know, we've just been through two years like none of us have ever seen. It's, it's been really something. And if we're honest, I think many of us would have to confess that maybe we're feeling a little fearful, a little overwhelmed, maybe, a little defeated, a little insecure, a little confused, because perhaps we've spent more time listening to the world around us and to the news and to people around us, and, and uh, we've spent more effort at that and, and lots of time reading about pandemics and vaccines and the whole scene around us and, and less time, not much time, maybe reading the Word of God and asking the Holy Spirit to teach us and to transform us because that's what we really need. If you and I are going to really experience the kingdom of God, we've got to be transformed by God. And the reason for that is 
we need to be able to live like people of hope. Don't, don't you need hope as you move into 2022? And so do the people around you. We need to be people who can live like people of hope. We need to be people who, who live with a bigger picture. We need to be people who believe Christ and what he says and will stake our lives on it. We need to be people who, like Paul said, are tested but not destroyed. People, like Paul also said, who want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Do you need that power? Peter was on that track. He said in chapter uh, 2 Peter 1.3, he said, His divine power has given us everything that we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. We need to be people who aren't living like it's a dead-end story, but we're living out an eternal destiny. We need to be people who don't let suffering and troubles drive us to despair, but to Jesus, who we know will be with us through it and even transform us through those things to accomplish His will. But have we even taken any time to ponder what we've experienced this last year or two and what it's taught us about ourselves or God and how that might influence us as we move into another year? Do we feel like we've been growing in our relationship with Christ and the living experience of His will for your life? In your spiritual wisdom and understanding? Or have you given in to the detours to your life and your thinking? Before we, we move on, I, I've been using this language of, of, of um, being filled with the knowledge of God and His will and spiritual wisdom and understanding, but how are we filled with that? How? I think this is an important point, and I don't want us to miss it. If we want to be filled with the knowledge of God's will and spiritual wisdom and understanding, first of all, we've got to be filled with God through a relationship with Christ who puts His Holy Spirit in us as a teacher, as a comforter, as a guide, as a counselor, and, and so much more. We need to be filled with Him. And then daily, we need to surrender to His Spirit to accomplish His will in our life. We need to read His Word, His love letter to us. It's our manual for life. We need to pray for ourselves and others. We need to be in community with other believers. Because the uh, Bible says iron sharpens iron, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. And you know what? It's true. You, you have added so much to my life, and hopefully I've added something to yours as we've been in community together. As we s serve others in the church or the community, we grow. Do you know that? That's why we get spiritual gifts, and God puts things within us to, so we can serve others. Paul wrote to Philemon, <clears throat> that little, little book in the New Testament, he wrote to Philemon, um, who incidentally was thought to be a wealthy member of the Colossian church. He said, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you'll, be, you'll have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Do you know that as you take the opportunities God gives you to share your story with others and sh uh, share about Jesus in some way and point others to Christ, you will grow. It's guaranteed. And then this next one is not a fun one, but learn to suffer well. Learn to suffer well. Suffering is a part of life, and suffering is something God uses in our life. James wrote in chapter 1, Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. 
Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And he's not lacking anything in your life or your experience with God. So learn to suffer well. And keep seeking first the kingdom of God. If you need a verse to put to all this, Diane and I have built our lives and our marriage and our family around Matthew 6.33. If we seek first the kingdom of God, seek first the kingdom of God, then he will not only meet our needs, he'll take care of everything else. He'll put it all in order. And he'll do that in 2022 for us if we'll put him first. But all of these will help our knowledge of God to move from here to here and make us more mature people and followers of Christ so that we're thinking and acting more and more like Jesus and that leads to some amazing results which he mentions in verses 10 to 12 and I want to read those verses for us right now verses 10 to 12 he says and we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way bearing fruit in every good work growing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. He says, if we're doing that, if we're seeking him, if we're, if we're growing in him, then one of the things that's going to happen is we're going to be living a life worthy of the Lord and pleasing him in every way. You know, the more you know God, the more you want to know God. It's true. But can, can we really live a life pleasing to God? Especially if we've had a background where maybe we've said some things, done some things, uh, our life hasn't been very pleasing to God. Can we really please God? Yes, we can. He's a God who forgives. He loves you. He'll forgive you. He'll give you new life. He'll give you a new start. And we can live a life with his help, pleasing to him. In fact, the love of God should drive us to want to please him. We talk about obedience, uh, you know, as, as Christians. And do you know the Bible says that obedience, by doing the things God says, it's the greatest way we show him our love. And uh, so we can live a life that's pleasing to him. And, and after all, in the end, nothing else will matter. In the end. I don't know who coined this phrase, but I've, I've remembered it over the years. It's, it goes this way. It says, uh, when all the things of life have passed, only what's done for Christ will last. When all the things of life are past, only what's done for Christ will last. A life that's pleasing to God will be a life that's pleasing to you. And then he says, we'll bear fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Now, what's this fruit he's talking about? It's a few things. I'm sure at the very least he's talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5. As we grow in the knowledge of God and his will, we're going to grow in things that resemble God. Things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We'll grow in the image of God. Uh, in the likeness uh, of, of Jesus in character and works. For example, holiness. Do you feel like you're a holy person? <laughs> you know, none of us is sinless. But as we get to know God, as we, as we, as we follow him, we're going to sin less and less. We're going to be, what God would do, we'll want to do. What, how God sees people, we'll see people. How God thinks, we'll begin to think. 
And then there'll be the fruit that comes in impacting the lives of others in ways that make a difference, both now and forever. Your life matters to God. God can use your life as an instrument in other people's lives to encourage them, to help them, to bless them, to uh, maybe counsel them, to support them, whatever. But that you, he wants to use us in other people's lives. And as you grow in your relationship to Christ, your life will be different. Your marriage will be different. Your family will be different. Your job will be different because it won't just be a place of, that, to work. It'll be God's place of service for you. The people that you touch in daily life will see something in you and they'll hear something from you that's different than what they experience normally because the supernatural power of God will be at work within you. Think about that. Isn't that wonderful? And then he says, we'll be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Listen, with his spirit in you, Every day, there'll be a supernatural work going on in you that's designed and carried out by the Holy Spirit. Christian life, the Christian life isn't about what, how, how I can live for God. It's about how God can live through me. The Living Bible says, uh, puts it this way. It says that you will be filled with His mighty, glorious strength so that you can keep going no matter what happens. <laughs> You and I are going to need that power this year, aren't we? I don't think things are going to all of a sudden change and all these problems are going to go away. And I, I think we're in for some struggles. And that's, that's life, but it's also the season we're in. We're going to need that power, that ability this year, and we'll have it. And then he says, so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father. The message version says, as you learn more and more about how God works, you'll learn how to do your work. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength that God gives. It's the strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy, thanking the Father. Listen, endurance, patience, that is this wait for God to do things in His way, in His time. Endurance, patience, and joy. Do you think you're going to need that this year? I know I will, and I think you will too. If this is the year of the kingdom in your life and you keep growing in the knowledge of God and spiritual wisdom and understanding and are constantly on guard against the detours of life and you're committed to following Christ no matter what happens, then God is guaranteed that those results will happen. And how does He guarantee that? In verses 12 and 13, He says giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves, in whom we have redemption. You see, God is the guarantee. He himself is the guarantee. The work of Christ on the cross and his resurrection is the guarantee that these things will happen in our lives. God has qualified us to share all that he has for those who are part of the kingdom of light. He rescued us. He redeemed us. He forgives us. He puts his Holy Spirit in us. He's done everything that we cannot do. And would God do all of that 
and not finish the job, not fulfill what he said, not give us the tools and the power and the gifts and everything we need to face every single situation, every single day of our lives until Jesus comes again? I don't think so. He wouldn't do that. Of course he wouldn't do that. Everything God has done was in order to qualify us for all that he has for us. Everything that God has said is guaranteed. Because the Bible says God can't lie. And that he cannot be unfaithful. Don't you want to know a God like that in the year that's to come? I'm going to ask Alex and Taryn and the team to come and join us back on the platform. We're going to bring this toward a close in a moment. So come now. But I, I don't, I'm going to say this. I, I don't know about you. Um, but I don't know what I would have done these last two years without a knowledge of, a growing knowledge of God and His will and spiritual wisdom and understanding. We, Diane and I, I'm as probably many of you, but Diane and I would probably say the last two or three years have been the hardest of our life. We've just had a lot of things happening and a lot of blessings as well. I want to say that. But we've had a lot of things that have gone on. We've, uh, especially within our family, we've seen our, our four adult children who are, they're all adults now, grown. Uh, we've seen them face difficult job transitions, uh, health struggles. Uh, one went through a difficult divorce, uh, financial challenges, uh, three young grandchildren, one, one of whom has had some health issues. The other two are part of that divorce, and they're three and four and trying to figure out why mommy and daddy can't live together anymore. And, you know, we carry those things with them, right? Um, Diane and I have been blessed generally over the years with good health, but uh, we've had some health issues and just comes with life. And, but also, both of us have had COVID, and, uh, and Diane just lost one of her sisters in November to similar situation I had. She ended up in hospital in ICU on a ventilator for weeks before she passed away. So all of these things would have been much more difficult to deal with if we didn't have a, a growing sense of God's will and a growing spiritual wisdom and understanding. Spiritual insight. You know, no matter what lies ahead of us this year, no matter what lies ahead of this uh, here for you, may it not become a detour from knowing Christ and experiencing Him in deeper and more powerful ways. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for you as Paul's was for the Colossians. None of us knows the future, but God does. None of us has history and time and the affairs of this world under our control, but God does. 2022 might include some questions that come up for you that you wrestle with and none of us has all the answers but God does. None of us knows what it's going to take to see the will of God fully accomplished in all of our lives but God does. I'd like to give you a spiritual practice this week and I hope that you'll do this. Take a few moments intentionally and consider this. What needs to happen for the kingdom of God to grow in and through me this year. Think about that. Pray about that. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Are there some things you need to do differently? Things you need to get rid of? Things you need to add? Maybe you need to get baptized? 
<laughs> what needs to happen for me to keep moving forward with Christ? What, to keep growing in Him. And seriously consider that. And may you grow in your knowledge of Him this year. And may you get to know Him who knows it all. And may that relationship fill you with a knowledge of His will for you and deepen your understanding and wisdom so that you are able to stand even if others around you fall. And you know this, but know this, that there's no one who loves you like Christ. He's proven that. So rely heavily, lean heavily on that love, no matter what becomes part of the journey this year, as you and I ask God for his kingdom to come and his will to be done in us and in our families and in this church. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. As we pray, I, I want to first of all, I, I want to reach out to those of you who may be here in the room or maybe you're, you're here listening in electronically, but you're just not sure about that relationship. Why would you want to go through this year without knowing a God like that? And maybe you're realizing that, and it's time for you to take the step. He'll give you new life. He'll give you all that we've talked about this morning. You just need to reach out to him in prayer and say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Enter my life by your Holy Spirit, and I surrender it to you. Help me to grow in you this year. Pray something like that to him. And whatever God has spoken to you this morning, wherever he's pressed a spiritual nerve in you this morning, will you take a moment even right now to pray about it, and we'll be around afterwards if you'd like someone to pray with you. But let's pray about that. Lord, we're so thankful as we enter this new year, and we know that problems haven't disappeared, and everything's not perfect, but... Lord, you are. And uh, we just want to entrust ourselves to you and entrust this new year to you. Help us to grow in our, in our knowledge of you and your will. Help us to grow in our spiritual wisdom and understanding. Help us to experience all that you want us to experience this year, even through the difficulties and the challenges. And Lord, expand your kingdom in me Expand your kingdom in us. Expand your kingdom through us in whatever ways you can. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.